This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. <laughs> this is the A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jan Zleifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. And as always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring the A. We have a fantastic guest this Monday evening as it's raining. Um, I want to get your name right. Kayende. Kaheyo? It was close. It was close. <laughs> Kayende Koyejo. Koyejo. Yes. Kayende Koyejo. Um, you are a fantastic actress. You really should be a model as well. I'm not, I'm not surprised you. if you ever did some modeling. Uh, and you also have a uh, company called Calm Corner. It's an aromatherapy gift line. Designed specifically for women of African descent. Yes. And you have a lot of things going on. You've got the Calm Corner. You're a part of the um, Goddess Commune, mm-hmm. which is uh, giving, uh, it's, it's a, um, I want to say it restores balance for the emotional, spiritual, and physical aspects for the lives of black women mm-hmm. and women of color. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're a spiritual person, and so, and of course, I knew you because you were on stage when we did Bat Boy the Musical. Right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, no. That must have been back in back. the day. Yeah. Yes. Did you see the poster right there? Wait, wait. Oh, my God, Reg. What? <laughs> <laughs> that is For those of y'all that, all the way back. Yeah, that's too If you don't get the visuals, we got Reg has these posters all over the wall. It's kind of neat to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History. Yeah, it is history, and uh, history just keeps going on. So, uh, Kayindi, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, well, you're so always glad doing to wonderful. Be here. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> always have a smile on your face when <laughs> I when you. I when I see you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm feeling really good. I, you know, it's been a minute since we have seen each other. That's right. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, a reunion of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> it is almost like a family reunion you know. as we're coming close to Thanksgiving. So exactly. that's awesome. <laughs> Norman, as I began uh, each podcast, how's your week? Oh, okay, Great expectations. So if you know theater, yes. if you know a theater, I will tell you that Saturday was our designer run. So if you know theater, you know that I've just come back from hell, <laughs> and and I I can live to tell the tale. No, you walk out just humbled. A designer run is always, unless you're just that special somebody, or you just got one little part that you come in and you're done. It's just hell, and and it was. They made it as nice as they can. Mm-hmm. Ex- great expectations down San Jose stage. Um, we've got a week and a half before mm-hmm. we start doing previews. Uh, Wednesday, week from Wednesday, we start previews. Which, if we were trying to do something this weekend, I would have been panicked. But because it was last right. weekend, I was like, okay, we got some time to get this together. Good. <laughs> and I had a day off to relax. Mm-hmm. And recover because it is a very physical show. I There's six people doing the whole day, right? Dickens wow. story, five days a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think I think we're clocking like 30 hours Ooh. a week. It's or a something. hard crunch because you guys got to be off book. You may be off book already. No, no, no. We were supposed to be off. That was the thing. We were supposed to be off book you Saturday. You for your water? Can you yes. Oh, I have it right here. Okay, Uh-oh. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we give you a little tape. That's oh, right. Thank you. Yeah, we tried to do uh, But yeah, we were supposed to be off book Saturday, which again. And I hate saying this because if actors are living, I, I lo- if actors are listening, I don't want to let anybody off the hook. Um, when it's that day where you're supposed to be off book, you're supposed to be off book. That's the rule. But no director in his right mind waste any time that day going, okay, let's test everybody and see who's off book. No, it was a designer run. We needed to stumble through this thing mm-hmm. so the designers could see what they need to like, yeah. what the costume's going to do, where the quick changes are, what the sound mm-hmm. is, and all you were, that. And you were mentioning um, on the last podcast, that's the time where if you're not on stage, you're crunching. 
Oh, constantly. So what I did, I spent most of my, I had started working on this <clears throat> kind of leisurely. And then yesterday I just, until about two o'clock last night, you know, mm -hmm. this morning, um, finished writing out all of my lines, all of my business, all of all that stuff, all my staging wow. on index cards. And then this morning I got up and I started crunching the cards. I was like, oh, wait, I can put that all together. Get, get this down to a manageable amount. I am close to off book on the first act. I will test the second act tonight. I will stay up tonight and finish writing all that out. Does Mara help you? No. no. I used to let her help me, mm -hmm. my wife. Okay, okay. I used to let her help me, and then I realized I wanted her to come and enjoy the show. If she's all deep up in the mechanics of well, it. She ain't, she don't want, she's like, uh. Oh, he didn't do such and such. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Why did they do that? No, 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 no. He's like, just come and enjoy Just come and see it. it. Don't know anything. Just enjoy it. So, no, I've been on my own, but I am learning from the amazing actors that I am working with. Julian Lopez Maria mm -hmm. is my carpool partner. And, you know, he is a, I don't know, there's not a word for it. You know, we don't have like the, the English with the lords and all that, the titles. Mm -hmm. Julian is one of the, the royalty of Bay Area Theater. Wow. He really is. He is known for, and as we've talked, I'm finding out, he was part of putting Berkeley Shakes together. Berkeley Shakes became Cal Shakes. He was part of that. Um, he has been up to Ashland. He has, I, I'm not going to misstate it. He is very familiar with the canon, having done more shows probably than anybody in the Bay Area, more of the plays of William Shakespeare than wow. anybody. Wow. It sounds like an all-star cast, because also you're working with Li Ling Ao. Li Ling Ao is yeah. in, and we had never met, because of COVID, we yeah. met on Zoom doing a role-playing gig for Cisco Systems, mm -hmm. and she was my supervisor, and she's yeah. like, oh, hi. So wow. when I walked into rehearsal, she all but hugged me, and we're in this weird time where you don't actually just touch right. people without asking. But she was ready to hug because she was like, oh, I'm so happy to see you in person. I'm like, hey. But there's also Jennifer LeBlanc, who mm -hmm. I got to do Midsummer Night's Dream with a couple of years ago. Last, I think it was the last show I did before we the, locked oh, everything down. Okay. Um, the lead actor is Keith Pinto. Keith is staring at me. And for a week, we were in mask in rehearsal. And Ooh. the equity actors immediately voted and were like, no, 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 we're done. And it took them a week to say, okay, we've confirmed that you guys want to work, you know, like, at least when we're on stage. Right. You know, I step off stage, I'll put the mask back on, mm -hmm. but please and let and me And everyone's act. been tested, right? Yeah. Twice a week. Okay. Uh, we get tested wow. twice a week. So anyway, Keith is staring at me from this mask, and he says, I, I think we've, you know, I'm pretty sure we've connected, but I can't think where. And he starts calling out Campo Santo. Nope, never worked at Campo Santo. But you know um, Dan Dan Wolf. Yeah, of course I know Dan Wolf and Gindel Hernandez and Tommy Shepard, because they were all part. They are all part of a hip hop crew called Felonious, mm -hmm. and they were doing hip hop theater. I met them doing a show they called a hip hop Oh. Way back in the day, because Tommy eventually married Ana Maria Luera, mm -hmm. and she was my sister in the house on Mango Street way back <coughs> in the day. Wow. This is that, like 2000, 2001. Yeah, this is the tapestry of theater. You know, if you don't know somebody, you know somebody who knows somebody. Right. So he's staring That's at me, so and we finally figured this out. This man is still teaching hip-hop dance to dancers and theater companies throughout the Bay Area. How old is he now? Uh, he, he's young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Pip. 
And okay. so yeah, Pip, well, of course, yes. We see Pip uh, coming of age in mm-hmm. the piece. He's playing Pip. He's wonderful. And then the guy that I didn't know is Nick. Oh, gosh. Rodriguez. Nick, mm-hmm. Nick Rodriguez. And I didn't know Nick, but apparently he was in there. Um, he's done a number of shows down at the stage. I think he was in Rocky Horror. Um, if you look him up on Facebook, you will see this incredible picture of him in front of a big band. He's in a suit looking wow. fine. Just going at it. And so he's the only one I didn't know. Hmm. It's been, and so it's been a wild experience. And I talked about it last week. Um, I had auditioned for a different show. Mm-hmm. And they said, as they always do when you audition, we're having callbacks on these dates. Basically to tell you, you should hold those dates open, right. but don't hold your breath. Right. And those dates came, and I complained that weekend, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think we have a podcast that weekend where I'm like, well, you know, callbacks for this weekend. Nobody called me. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm signing up for unemployment. The next day, I get this phone call from Randy. Hey, uh, this is, is this Norman? Yeah, this is Randy King. Okay, executive director's calling. And they cast me, not in the show I auditioned for, because they decided with all the COVID protocols and stuff, they needed to do a smaller show. Oh. And the director said, well, I want to do Great Expectation. And it is, nominally, it's a holiday show. Dickens, it, 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 mm-hmm. we, we touch Christmas, mm-hmm. at okay. least for a moment. And he's like, um, so we were going to do that show. We're postponing it till next year. And I'm like, well, you didn't call me, so am I in it? What's going on? We're going to do uh, Great Expectations instead. Um, you know, it was, it was written for eight actors. We're going to do it with six. The director's working on cutting it down. So you'll be getting a script soon, and we'll see you Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> like, yes, you will. <laughs> and immediately got on the phone, started canceling right. stuff. Like, yep. Can't be there, can't be there, can't be there. Yep. Especially if they, they're going to pay you. That's awesome. Yeah. But we've, okay. got, we've got barely three weeks of rehearsal. We start tech this weekend, and then we're up in previews next Wednesday. Wow. You remember those Wednesday. days, Key K- 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 and A? How can I forget? <laughs> previews? Oh, my mm. goodness. And leading up to previews? That nightmare, wow. yeah. You're yeah. afraid to tell people to come see the show? Don't come to previews. Come come, come, come the second week. <laughs> oh well, I'll tell you, I, go ahead. No, no I, you know, I, I, that's the time where I tell people to come, especially my family. I'm all like, y'all come to previews, and y'all tell me what I need to do because we Ooh. open. Oh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be using my family mm-hmm. to help me make sure I get it right, right. for the opening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's the way of doing it. And you also, know, sometimes it's, it's cheaper. Well, if anybody's listening, if anybody's listening to this, honestly, I get four comps for every preview. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, next week, I get four comps. Right on. I am get in touch with me. You know, Oakland Public Theater at gmail.com. Get in touch with me. I will hook you up. (laughs) And we've got links as well. Yeah. Um, There've been a couple. There've been a couple of current events. We might as well jump in. Oh (laughs) yeah. So Youngkin. Uh, well, this oh is the Virginia yes, governor, we the do. Republican. We start with that, yes. You know, the only thing that's interesting about a Virginia, I mean, do I care about that the Republican won the Virginia governor? I mean, this happens all the time. You have a, a Democrat who wins the presidency, and then the midterms comes in, and then the other party comes in, or the other half. Or the Democratic candidate the says something stupid, like parents have no say in what their children are right. learning in school. Like, critical dude, race find theory. Find another way to say it. Critical race theory is the thing. Okay, Yendi, do you have any uh, comments about this whole critical race? Because you have a young daughter, six I years do. old. I do. And what's the problem with teaching kids about what really happened in American history Which regarding... Which is not critical race theory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, African-Americans. Right. Well, I think for me, 
you know, having gone through the public school systems and getting no history at all, mm, just right. nothing, right? right? Just all of the same old regular, regular rigmarole. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, yes, critical race theory is important and it should be taught in school, but then we have to ask ourselves, well, who's teaching it? Because right. who, I mean, if you're gonna talk about critical race theories, you've got to talk to the people Mm-hmm. who are impacted by race, right. you know what I'm saying, exactly. here yep. in this country. And so what I'm doing is I, I'm homeschooling. So I decided, look, I'm going to teach my own kid because mm-hmm. I do not trust the school systems to do that for me. And plus, you know, our school was really traumatic for me wow. as a black woman, mm-hmm. um, especially an, an Afro, a Nigerian-American woman where my name wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wanted to call me something else. They right. had the jokes and things like that. Mm. So, you know, my daughter has is, is Nigerian-American as well. And so I just want to give her a strong foundation of identity of who she is. That way when she's out there and people be trying to teach her some, some lies, she'll know. Hey, right. You know, she'll know the truth from lies. And so I think one of the responsibilities is I know – Schools are there to teach our kids, but the ultimate responsibility of giving our kids what they need are, falls it's on the parents. parents. That's right. Mm-hmm. You That's know, exactly right. and but then we have this breakdown in the family where you have women, mm-hmm. mothers working two and three jobs. Fathers may not be there, so yeah. they're really relying on the school system to not only teach their kids, but also a safe place for their kids to be. Right. But that is really an illusion. Mm-hmm. It's and you know it's really an illusion, and so. Um, yeah, I'm teaching, you know, critical race theory is being taught in my, ho- my household and with yeah. my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what, what's interesting? Yeah. Like, you know that I'm a history buff, Norman, and yep. a lot of what I learned did not come from school. I had to go to the come libraries and, right. and, and, and... Learn it yourself. Right, learn it myself. And the amazing thing is, <clears throat> it's not like we're, we're not discussing something that isn't factual, right. isn't in the history books if you right. are willing to look... We're yeah. talking about the history of this country. Right. right. How is that even a debate? And you know what's interesting? Certain parts of America, we think that America, we're all one congenial melting pot or whatever. But, mm. you know, like how, how, how well learned are you? It depends on where you are. I mean, there's, there are even history books from the 1950s which completely distort slavery, mm-hmm. 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 which says that, oh, the slaves were, you know, they enjoyed themselves and they had – we talked about this when we had Crystal Brown on, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you know, it wasn't that bad. And it's, right. it's basically just politics. And, and it, what it does is, and I'll get off of this because the folks are like, hey, well, this is a theater podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 I mean, this is a serious well, thing is, because yeah. how do you, uh, you know, if, if a young kid grows up in the future saying, oh, I have all of this history. Like, I wonder about guys like Ron DeSanto and all of these, you know, very mm-hmm. crazy Republicans. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even the folks who are at Dealey Plaza waiting for JFK Jr. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. They were waiting for JFK Jr. because apparently QAnon thinks that he's still alive. And I'm oh, like, right. where do you get your, where do you get your intelligence from? Where do you get your history from? If they're getting their history, if they're getting their teaching was that, you know, the, was that that teacher here, uh, Ventura? Was that the Ventura teacher? Maybe. There was a teacher <clears throat> who they, they, they didn't fire her. That's not the word they used. And they didn't say suspended, but they have moved her away from the classroom. Yeah. Because she was teaching her kids QAnon Oh, God. Stuff. See, that, that's just absolutely crazy. Well, you have to think about, like, you know, 
these history books are not written by us, but it's so exciting about art, especially th these days, and especially yeah. the rise of black playwrights, That's right. black filmmakers. We are telling our own stories for once yes. in this history yes. of America. We are, we are telling our own stories from the writers, the showrunners, the directors, the actors. They're mm -hmm. all black people. And when you have black people telling their own stories, you get a different perspective. Mm -hmm. See, the, the history that, that our children are getting and the history that we got mm -hmm. in school, public yeah. school systems, yeah. Yeah. was history written by the oppressors. So therefore, right. they're going to write a history that's going to keep us down and elevate them. Right. Why validate we got to know Lee except that exactly. he lost. <laughs> exactly. So it's like we need to rewrite everything. Just like we're rewriting our narrative, we're actually telling our narratives. It's the same way with these history books. It, they have to be rewritten. We yeah. have to, those books got to be burned. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have to be burned, and then and now they have. Great. You know what I'm saying? I would and love then that. ask us to tell mm -hmm. our history. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. I've got two other things. Let's go, Brandon. Have you heard about this? This is another thing. I, mean, I, I, I love Twitter right okay. now. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in Twitter. And so that makes one of us. I'd stay away from What I love about Twitter is going on, finding people putting crazy untruths out there <laughs> and reporting them. And if you say, let's go, Brandon, and it comes up in my feed, I'm reporting you. Have you heard about this at all? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. It's probably good that you go. don't know. So, okay. <laughs> so, no, no, no. So there's a NASCAR race. That's what it is, a NASCAR driver. Well, it's a NASCAR driver, and there's a guy named Brandon who's winning, and it really doesn't even matter. Right. The crowd is chanting, F. Biden. Right. Because they're yep. rednecks, and you know yep. that's what they do. Oh my goodness! Now yep. the announcer making a joke says, "Oh, well, they're saying let's go, Brandon." I know. I saw and that. That clip. becomes a catchphrase because there yep. was a United, there was a uh, American Airlines pilot mm -hmm. that broadcasted, yep. "Let's go, Brandon." So yep. that's become a sort of catchphrase, yep. meaning air quotes. F Biden. F Biden. Oh, yeah. uh oh. Yeah. So I it's mean, one of those right wing things. Mm -hmm. It's it's one it's yet another one of these polarizations between the left and the right and the Democrats and the Republicans and forget about you know critical thinking and you know helping the country out and us you know bipartisanship. This is us versus them and you know the the far right they've got another tool under their belts. Let's go, Brandon. You know, code word for you know screw Biden and whatever wow. he, he puts up. Wow. Including this historic. I hope you got that on the list. What's that? The vote, Congress. Oh, yes, yes, the $1.9 trillion, yeah. Ooh. I'm a little bent out of shape because he wanted $3 trillion. Well, no, and that one's still on the table. It's not, it? it's oh, not two different yet. ones? Yeah, two. the second one, they, oh, okay. they split them. Build, okay, so one is Build Better Back or Build Back Better? Build Back Better is, yeah. is still on the table. It's, right. not, it's not dead yet, but, yeah. boy, I, I wouldn't be betting on it. Right. But, yeah, you're right. The $1.9 trillion, that is going to be passed. Finally, Manchin you know, bent the knee and said, yes, okay. It is passed. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's good. It's wonderful. One last thing, and I tried to throw a, a funny thing in there. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Big Bird is a communist. Did you hear about this? Yeah. I did not. <laughs> a Big, Bird got a, Big Bird got the shot he to got, which some angry got, person said, He's a fictional character. He's a puppet. He doesn't need a shot. Oh my well, that, that some person just happened to be Ted Cruz. Oh. Senator oh. Ted Cruz. Oh. I'm always happy not to and see And the Republicans name. basically saying Big Bird <laughs> is a communist. And it's like Big Bird has been talking about immunization since I was a kid. Right. <laughs> in the okay. 70s. Which okay. is being pointed out. They're pointing this out. And it's like, Dude, do we, what are you do we not about? want kids to be healthy? I mean, now, finally, and this is a wonderful thing. Five-year-olds to eleven-year-olds can be vaccinated yep. safely. 
Wow. Yep. So they coming for Big Bird. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just yes. ridiculous. You got, I mean, you got to be desperate if you're going after Big Bird. Well, and the worst We're thing very is, desperate. Yeah. the day that trended, of course, Bert and Ernie trended because they got to bring that up again. Oh, sure. They yeah. want, they really want Sesame Street to go ahead and out these guys. And I'm I like, mean, what is, they are, this is a, not about sex <laughs> at all, all yeah. or sexual identity at all. And what's wrong with two guys being roommates and friends? friends. What about the odd couple, y'all? Come on. Right, exactly. Is, you know, <laughs> America is just yep. so perverted. So perverted. You can't <laughs> see two men walking hand in hand, which men right. do in Africa. Walk hand in, in Asia. hand. In, in Asia. Asia. Oh, yeah. You can't see two men doing that without having to put a, a label on them yeah, now. Right. Some type yeah. of perverted label on them. It's yep. sickening. Yeah. yeah. Yep. One last question for you, Kihende. As we're talking about politics, I mean, you know, we're in year, I think this is year one of Biden. It feels like it's it been longer. It is year one, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now there's a thing, they're saying Biden is the new Jimmy Carter. I think that's just another Republican thing, you know, basically I undermining him. I hadn't heard him. that. But how are you dealing with, I guess, we're away from Trump, thank goodness, but the people are still there and the animosity is still there. Mm-hmm. And you are one who believes in spirituality and just, you know, com- being calm. How do you, is it a tug of war for you? I mean, how do you talk to, I guess, you know, because I know you have people who you mentor. Uh-huh. And, um, but it's got to be tough. I mean, it's got to be tough to keep a positive vibe when all of this ickiness is out there. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I have created a bubble for myself. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I control what comes in that bubble and what goes out. I hear you. And I, and I remember being in a, a black-owned boutique like three years ago, and I was so upset about I can't remember what I was upset about, but there was a lot of stuff happening, mm. um, you know. And, I, and the sister told me, you know what, you, you, the only way to get through this is you got to live in a bubble. you got to create a bubble around yourself, mm. and you protect that space. So, like, I feel like, you know, there's very little change that I can personally you know, impact <laughs> out mm-hmm. there. But what I can do is protect my own happiness, my own peace of mind. Right. Um, make sure that, you know, I am healthy and mm-hmm. happy. And a lot of these things out here are distractions to me, in my opinion. Right. They distract people from <coughs> their happiness, from their health. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. they distract people from living the lives that they want to live. Because it is. It's a lower vibrational energy mm-hmm. so it can't serve it does not serve us right to to really fully engage and so i don't i mean i have conversations but i have conversations very small you know um n- you know small conversations with a few people sure, mm-hmm. sure you know but i just really i mean i i commune with the plants i mm. i i you know i get my downloads from the plants and mm-hmm. from just various aspects of nature and I I I keep my space myself in that space because other than that if if I don't it will drive me nuts you know I think what drive what drive me nuts is just seeing an issue and a problem and not being able to really have a direct impact yeah you know and so I just I do I live the best life that I can I serve my community mm-hmm. so that's where I put my energy in yeah I'm serving my community I am um, running my businesses I'm running I'm taking care of my daughter I'm developing really strong healthy relationships with um, with uh, people in my community so this is that's where my energy is 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, you know, there. I've often said that a lot of the trauma or a lot of the issues that we have are created by other people. Yes. You know, other people that come into our lives, whether it be our bosses or other people who are like, I have, you know, I'm going through something and I want you to help me out. I'm going to stress you out because misery loves company. Mm-hmm. And mm. you can control that. Yeah. And that's what I do. <clears throat> I do. And I, it has served me, to, you know, to mm-hmm. do that. Um, and I just put my energy into things that I can change and yeah. things that I can shift personally, you know. Yeah, there you go. And with that, Kayende Kaheyo. I probably, I probably screwed That's it up right. again. It's Kawejo. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's let's get an origin story. Uh, I know you, uh, you know, I know you from the theater community. But um, where were you born and raised? And uh, let's let's go from the beginning. How how did the arts, you know, affect you? Okay. Well, you know, I was born and raised in Oakland, California, right here. All right. Yes. Native okay. Girl. Native. My mom is. Um, my mom was uh, from Richmond. My dad was from Lagos, mm-hmm. Nigeria. They met here in Oakland. And um, my mom is a healer. Mm-hmm. I, I witnessed my mom healing herself. And my dad, he was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, businesses with his brothers. And so I was, you know, and then I also had a, I was a visual artist. I could draw anything. Oh, wow. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I could draw anything. I could paint, mm-hmm. you know. So I always thought that I was going to be doing visual arts. And then I got into singing. Mm. And then I thought, ooh, I'm going to be a singer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got into high school, I went to Berkeley High. Uh-huh. A yellow jacket. Um, and hey. I joined the drama club because there was, um, I needed an elective. And it was just like here's the drama club if you want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. and I was just like uh okay (laughs) so I joined the drama club and that's when I realized that I love telling stories and I I loved being able to you know put on costumes Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff so I graduated Berkeley High early and went straight to community theater I went to the black repertory theater now you know I mean you know that that theater I really have an a, 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 a appreciation for that theater mm-hmm. and um, because they were they you know they took me in and a lot of other black kids who were interested in acting yeah mm-hmm. when nobody else was taking us in right. we could go right there yep. and everybody was there you know and so I got my start there I was doing black plays there right on mm-hmm. okay before it was like you know I got into um, you know um, other trainings and it was just like all white narratives and it was classical and i was just like okay okay let me stay open but um it was berkeley high that really gave me you know i got the bug you know i was bitten by the bug at berkeley high and then uh black repertory theater nurtured that wow and that's then from awesome there i went to laney and then i studied at act oh. uh-huh with gloria cool. weinstock oh, i don't know nice. if you're familiar with her she gloria, was my yes, yes what yes. so she was my first acting teacher she was a black beautiful and just bomb yep. and she would come in there with her mules and her little sexy what you mm-hmm. know red poca- polka yep. dot white <laughs> dress her hair just always, flowing her always. makeup i mean everybody oh had a crush God. on her i mean mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. but she was badass and she really she's the one who said look the camera loves you mm-hmm. you know I was in there doing um, August Wilson's um, mm. piano she had us piano doing the lesson. piano lesson mm-hmm. and she said girl you got something and she was the one who mm. actually helped me she believed in me but helped me see that in myself and that's when mm-hmm. I just took it even further right on nice right on yes 
No, I remember Hawaii. I remember I had just gotten in the Bay Area, and man, I guess what I learned is first I learned her name, and then I learned that they didn't seem to be able to appreciate her as much as she appreciated herself, Mm -hmm. and anybody who saw her and experienced her talent appreciated her. Thank you. And she was smart enough not to let that hold her down. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I do. It's six of us. So I, I mm. am, I am one of six children, and I have a twin. I have a twin sister. Wow. So we sit right in the middle. There's mm-hmm. two below us and two above us. Okay. Uh, are they involved? Uh, we're fraternal. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. All girls. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, are you the only one involved in the uh, in arts? Are th- are they artists as well? Yes. Yeah, so all of my sisters, we all grew up in a church singing. Mm-hmm. So we we all are vocalists. But I took you know I went further and did performance um, uh, art, and they are actually artists as well. But they're in makeups and hair. Okay. So they're in those industries. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- now that's something similar. On the East Coast, I did the same thing. I was involved in the church, and my dad actually had a group, and we sang, and we toured ar- around, you know, uh, various churches. And so, you know, the church upbringing, I mean, the church is another place right. where, you know, a black person can actually find their talent in the arts and be in a safe place. In a safe place. That's and right. have it nurtured. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. it's one thing to have talent, but if, you, if it's not being nurtured, yeah. By your community, by your family, you know, you may not really tap into it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Um, how was, did you say that you studied at ACT? I did. I actually, you know, I was taking all of ACT studio, mm-hmm. acting studio courses. Yeah. And then there was this like, you should take the summer congress. And so that's the whole summer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, you know, I was there with Gregory um, Wallace, who really... Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He really, it was a blessing to be, to study under him because he, um, you know, he just, he, first of all, he was an extraordinary, he's, he is an extraordinary actor. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, he was black. Yeah. And he was one of few that was there. Mm-hmm. And he really, um, he really was invested in our success. And so he just gave it to us real. He was just like, first of all, if you've been in here trying to be an actor, you crazy. And I was just like, I laughed at him. And it wasn't until later on where, you know, I remembered those words. And I was like, man, he was right. Um, but he, you know, he's the one who really um, helped me see that I could have a career. You know, I could pursue a career in it. Yeah. Now, did you pursue, I mean, did you have, a, it sounds like as you reached that level, did you see yourself going to Hollywood or doing film or anything of like course. that? Of yeah. course. I actually moved to L.A. Um, in pursuit of being, uh, you know, an actor. It kicked my behind, though. I was not ready for the L.A. scene. And so I did not really – I didn't have the confidence at that time as well to take mm-hmm. on that type of scene. Um, but I ended up, you know, later on going, just going to New York, which is more my speed. Okay. Mm. And the reason why it was more my speed, because there is a solid black community right. of artists there that don't play. Meaning they, they calling you to act, they calling you to direct, they calling you to write. There mm-hmm. is no confusion, um, about what, what year are we talking about? This was, I moved to uh, 2008 okay, to 2012. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So I was able to connect um, with various mm-hmm. black artists, mm-hmm. um, actors um, that are doing extraordinary mm-hmm. work today. Yeah. Um, 
And so it was really amazing to tap into that because there, you know, when we were working together, there was no, we were telling our own stories. Yeah, I mean, we right. weren't mainstream, clearly. Now it's a thing mm -hmm. for black writers. But back then, we were just, it was us. We were writing for our community. Our audiences reflected our community. And yeah. they were able to tap into those real-life stories. Yeah. And, um, and so that really t helped me see that I could, you know, it's okay for me to, my, my narrative, my story uh -huh. is valid. And it's... Right. It's needed, you know. I don't have to just be telling other people's story all the time, <laughs> you know. Just mm -hmm. recycling this same old story, this re same old right. story, and so it was really nice to be around a community of strong, brilliant, you know, uh, artists in New yeah. York. Yeah, I talk about my experience in New York. Now, I was in New York from the late '80s to '91. But you had Spike Lee filming Do the Right, right. Thing right there. Right. You had Brooklyn and Bed-Stuy and mm -hmm. the merging of film, like Maddie Rich, yes. you know, straight, out of, uh, straight out of Brooklyn. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. but, um, but also uh, mixing with rappers. Right. You, know, you had uh, KRS-One coming yeah. out of there as well as uh, Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad to see the, the energy is still there. Oh, my goodness. Even post-Giuliani. <laughs> right. No, because, it's, because you know, the beautiful thing about it is that it just seems like, you know, when you're trying to get to Broadway and stuff, especially, in the, you know, like if you were trying to do that mm -hmm. in the past 10 years, I mean, yeah, the gatekeepers of that, you know, right. they're white. And, you know, good luck with getting on there, getting yeah. in Broadway. But what was so beautiful beautiful is that you had the off-Broadway yes. and you had off-off-Broadway and that's where the real work was happening. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where we were working, we were writing, we were directing, mm -hmm. you know, I had a great, um, I had a, uh, a really fortunate experience to work with Act Now Foundation in New York and their whole thing was about black voices in theater and black voices in cinema. Mm -hmm. And so every year we um, partnered with BAM and we actually did Black Voices in Cinema. And I remember Ava DuVernay came. This was when she did oh, wow. Will Follow Me. I mean, uh, all of the greats, like before they uh, be became celebrities, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were screening all of their work. They've been working. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they've been out there telling mm -hmm. their stories. Um, you know, they're just now getting the the right. the respect. The recognition and yeah, respect that right they now. Deserve. But yeah. in New York, they that's where you came to do it. You know, worked in La Mama Theater. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, uh, I mean, it was it was it was uh, it was an eye opener for me mm -hmm. to see that coming from California, which is so assimilated. It's just like, right. you know, where are we? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, a clear. Right. It's well, like you said, gatekeepers. You exactly. Know, if, if you can only be the one that we're going to let through right, right now, that's it. That's Nobody it. else. You, yeah. Gate is the closed. Token. And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this on the podcast. So many great black actors coming out of here usually have to leave here oh, yeah. to find their real well, voice. Well, it's not just it's black actors. but yeah. And that's what I'm loving about hearing, hearing your narrative on this is, you know, especially like black rep is that breeding ground where a lot of times people, that's their first experience. When you're ready to step beyond that, then you step beyond that. Mm -hmm. But if that didn't exist, you would have never gotten in the pool right. in the first place. No. And I wouldn't have gotten the love. I mean, it's a very, it's a very tricky, I mean, especially being a black woman and a, a black woman living in America, mm -hmm. it was very um, traumatic, I would say, yeah. to the, le uh, you know, to say of the least, to be an actor, because from day one, they're stripping you away of your identity. Yep. Yeah. Everything that's black gotta go. Right. 
you can't express yourself. You can't be who you are if you want to work, mm-hmm. and let alone if you want to audition, if you want to get in, right. in the room. Yeah. Right. You know, and I remember when I moved back to, you know, like all in New York, I really embraced my natural hair. I mean, uh-huh. like there was no one telling me I needed to change my hair mm-hmm. or, you know, be small and thin. I mean, like they embraced me how I was. Now, when I moved back to California, it was totally different. So I came with my natural hair and they was Mm -hmm. looking at me like, you know, these theaters out here was looking at me crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't work a lot just because my headshots had natural hair. And this was in 2012. So things had changed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I realized, but thank God, I actually, instead of going to conservatory, Mm -hmm. Because I had an opportunity to study in conservatory at NYU. And I decided, instead of doing that, I took performance studies. Uh-huh. And performance studies it forces you to ask the questions mm-hmm. and develop pieces around the answers are just the questions. So, you know, we were trained to think outside of the box. We right. were trained to challenge the status quo. We were mm-hmm. trained to status any you know any box right you know and that's what really mm. opened my mind up into being i was now an informed artist and now i can create whatever work i wanted to and there w- is an audience that very much is looking for that type of work and so that's what happened um so when i moved back to california i had already knew what type of artist i was so i just sought out uh theater companies that did work that mm-hmm. I love to work. And mm-hmm. so one of the companies that I um, tapped into was the Black Artists of Cultural Contemporary Experience out of San, out of San Francisco. And we did, you know, Robert O'Hara's, yeah. a couple of his plays. We did um, Zakia Alexander's play. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like playwrights who are writing about critical race theory. Right. right on. No, you know as what you I'm were saying? saying They're as you're writing saying about stuff, it. That's <coughs> part of what I was thinking about is it isn't even just about your experience you got a framework so that you could say, oh, this is what theater is? This is what mm-hmm. you call theater? I understand that framework. Now let me bring my story exactly. in to that. So I'm not ignorant of what it is you do and how you do it, but I want to come at it my way. In my way. And that's the thing that performance studies, uh, what Train does is that there are no rules. Mm-hmm. You create you create what you want to create and stand behind that and mm-hmm. see people will... Um, and people will, there's an audience for it. So one of the things, what I, I studied, um, my focus was um, critical race theory, mm-hmm. was race and culture, um, and the study of uh, the performance of the dead, right? Because the performance study is all about studying performances, meaning this is a performance, what right, we're doing right, right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having dinner with your family, that's a performance. Yeah. So we're looking at various um, ways uh, that p- performance shows up. Yeah. And one of the things that I was really drawn to were the shrines that were popping up in Oakland, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially there were these um, ghost bikes that were popping up in Oakland when, you know, ghost in honor bikes. of slain bikers. Oh, oh interesting. Yes. Oh, yeah. Those ghosts, those? they're all white and they're decorated. So those oh. are, these are all shrines. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. you know, and I have, you know, I have, I was talking about, you know, because being from <laughs> Oakland, I mean, Unfortunately, you know, there's shrine, there's uh, there were shrines everywhere of falling, you know, people who were murdered and killed on, mm-hmm. on in that in that area. 
And so, you know, I wanted to I wanted to talk about that and I wanted to talk about how that is a performance and how when you have mm. a community gathering around at the very place where someone lost their lives and they're putting the candles and they're saying I love you and they're remembering this person, this is a performance and they're mm -hmm. singing the songs. And so it really gave me an opportunity to look at theater in a broad sense mm -hmm. that theater happens all over and everywhere and that you know a lot of you know a, a lot of times you know when you're you know formally trained yeah. you just think that white folks has made it up right right, right. white folks well, made that's up what 30. They teach, yeah. yeah that's what they think but no 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 theater has existed way before yeah. way before this is something that's not new yeah you know and so it was um really great to sit in um and discuss in conversation with other theorists because it was a theor theory mm -hmm. course but we were all artists so we could you know, if we decided to, we could perform as mm -hmm. well as, you know, write our theory behind it. Mm -hmm. So um, that that experience really made me the artist that I am today. And mm -hmm. I consider myself an artist disruptor, meaning uh. my work is not. It's not intended to just make people feel good. Yeah. It's, it's intended for them to feel something, mm -hmm. right? But it's not necessary to feel good. My work is really about um, uh, encouraging and challenging the observer, the witness, the one whose witness is to look within, mm -hmm. to look within. Mm. And so that's the work that I do now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting when we think about theater, because <clears throat> the theater that you're talking about, the, how I interpret it is, it should change you. It should change yeah. the audience, change your way of thinking. It mm. should challenge you. And we've had a, a, several guests. There's been a debate among the Bay Area theater community. Well, can we challenge the audience? Oh, we better not challenge the audience because they're, they're money payers and we should right. give them what they want. Mm -hmm. If they want the, you know, it's almost like working at Burger King, you know, give them the, the standard <laughs> operating stuff mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, keep our money flow. Because we've had friends of ours fired mm -hmm. from being, oh let's yeah. say, executive directors oh yeah. or artistic yeah. directors because they tried to bring in something fresh, something new, mm -hmm. something from the streets. And, you know, uh, ex ex you know, executives or board members or whatever, or the right. audience members, usually from outside, will say, no, that's not what we want. That's mm -hmm. not, yeah. See you later. Right, right, right. Yeah, you <coughs> know what? And that that's, it's really unfortunate because now you have people making art just to make a dollar right and it you really can't you, you know it's like you can't have them both it's like if you're making art like if you're making art for art's sake then you really cannot worry about the dollar because mm -hmm. then you're going to have to compromise especially if those dollars are coming from someone who does not care about your community or does not care about your advancement does not care about you period mm -hmm. so I, you know, I have been to extraordinary pieces of theater with very little, if no, budget. Right. So it's not about the money. It's about what is the story that mm. whoever's writing that check wants you to tell. Right. Yes, always. That's yes. what it's about. And so I, you know, a lot of the work that I do, I do it for love. The money will, is never enough, especially mm -hmm. when you're doing it with people who have a um, who's doing it intentionally? You know, right. they don't have oh. no agenda. You well, know, I'm wondering, have you have you worked with Ellen, Ellen Spessenshine? Oh, I. You know what? I have not worked with her, but mm -hmm. I I do know her because I actually participated in Black Women um, Sleeping. Uh -huh. um, you know, it's they, it's 
and this is what I'm saying, art can happen in so many different ways. Right. And so they had this art exhibit mm. where black women came in and what we did is we slept. Yeah. They fed us, mm. loved up on us, and they, you know, um, had gifts and stuff. It was beautiful. But anyway, yeah, I yeah. know her from the yeah. community and I and I take advantage. I have not worked with her and I would love to. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that sounds like working with her. It, I have, right. Yeah, and yeah. then also, um, uh, BACCE, we do these things called saloons in San Francisco. And, mm -hmm. and so actually she performed. Ah. And that's where I met her, met mm -hmm. her. Um, Idris Cooper. I, need for, I was going to say, we Boucher. needed to say Idris's name. Idris. We really needed to say it out yes. loud. So Idris is the, she is the mastermind behind yep. BACCE. And mm -hmm. she's just a legend here. And deservedly. It's yeah. deservedly. And she does not work. As, as I mean, uh, you you go you're not if you if you have a say if you have an opinion and especially if you have a certain knowledge and consciousness about who you are you're not gonna work. Mm -hmm. I, did, I wasn't working a lot. I mean, I, I wasn't working a lot because first of all, I came from New York, so I already had you already knew kind of what I was going to take and what I was not going to take. Right. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. And when you come here. It, you know, when you're doing theater here, they just want you to, sh to shut up and do the work. Right. They don't want you to have no opinion. Right. You know what I'm saying? And mm, so right. I didn't work a lot because of that as well. You know, and, and plus, I, um, it, I'm not, you know, I like to do work that makes me proud. I like mm -hmm. to do work that I can, you know, talk about years from now about kind of like what it did for me. Because my artistry is not about what I can do for the audience, mm -hmm. but it's what that piece does for me mm -hmm. yeah. in terms of my humanity. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking to be elevated and, and move closer to, you know, a higher, you know, I want to move closer to humanity. And I feel like arts is a perfect way for that to happen. Um, but it's hard to do it if you're chasing money because you will compromise yourself. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did have a quick question for you because the the beginning of was it either this year or last year Eli Sonny Ortiz I'm thinking about the living document oh, yes. oh right so yes. there was a Philippine yes. guy who wrote the living document basically saying hey listen I'm a person of color I'm sick and tired of being cast and telling a story that's not mine mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or having uh, been working with a director or an artistic director who isn't a person of color mm -hmm. so we need to and I, he basically he started a living document asking people hey can other artists have you had those of color, have you had these experiences yeah. or whatever? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there was sort of a cracking of a proverbial ice within the Bay Area community saying, hey, listen, oh, nationally. we're not going, yeah. nationally, we're not going yep. to put up with this. Artists aren't going to just, mm -hmm. as you say, just take that dollar. Just shut up. It's funny, my, right. my, my dad would say, Satan pays well. Be careful. Oh, and, now, and it's the <laughs> truth. That's words of wisdom. <laughs> words yeah. of wisdom. You mm -hmm. know, you can easily take a paycheck and then, you know, worry about did I, did I sell my soul or whatever. And not that art, not that directors. They just, they're, they're not going to, a lot of directors who are in power, they don't think about, well, how does this artist feel? How does this black person feel that I've mm -hmm. cast them? But it's not their story. Reggie wants you to be the butler. We want yeah. you to be the, you know, right. <laughs> just the, well, we, we want to color up our, our, our stage. I am, I, I, because of career, I end up in, in that position a lot. Um, what I like is a lot of what you've talked about is the, the sort of roots 
of what is theater, ritual. Mm-hmm. That, that, ritual. Is, that is the roots of theater. And in this day when you can make a beautiful film, oh my gosh, you can, you can make a film where, you know, like Terminator, you know, the guy can turn into all kinds of things right there in front of your eyes. It's, it's amazing to see what is live performance. And live performance goes back to that experience mm-hmm. of what is happening now, what is right. ritual. Yeah. So I find myself in the curious position of like I did this summer, I did Shakespeare. I am doing Charles Dickens now. And I was trying to figure out if I had permission to ask the question, but I was definitely planning on it. I'm like, you're going to ask me to play all these people in, Lon- in and around London. Who am I? Who, who is this black guy? He has a required question for yours. And yeah. it is. It is. It, it's a question that I now always ask myself, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if I could ask. I didn't know if I could ask. Yeah. I didn't know if I had permission or, or safe space. Safe space is what it so, is. So what happened was uh, the director and we have a, a dialect coach had talked about what the different characters' dialects were. And as we were doing the rehearsal, he says, no, that character's dialect is not a RP, not the like standard pronunciation. Mm-hmm. It needs to be something else. And I, lo- I saw my opportunity. So I sent an email to the dialect coach and said, so the director says, not RP. I was kind of curious how we can find that black person who is in this situation and who that person is and what their background is mm-hmm. and therefore how it, m- it may affect their dialect. Mm-hmm. So two of my characters now have this. <coughs> And one character is native, that's where he's born, and that's where he's raised, but he has a lineage, and that's kind of gorgeous. And and she went and she found, there's a beautiful, I'm going to share it now, I realize I should share this online, um, the black history in Kent, hmm. in the town of Kent. Mm-hmm. What is that black history? And that black history easily traces back to Queen Elizabeth, because there was a little black girl and, you know, in that age of orphans, I mean, that's what Dickens keeps writing about is orphans. Mm-hmm. And in that age of orphans, the queen decides, I'm adopting her. I'm, I'm going to take care of her. And so this woman is in paintings and she's in history and she exists. She's, mm-hmm. and bam, there's that history. There's that one. As it would have been doing nice to history, get Hearst voice. That little girl's voice, Wouldn't because it? a lot of times, well, folks, no, she grew up she and grew had up, a voice. Did she, did she, she did. tell her story? She did, and that's but that story kind of got put on the shelf, right? Uh-huh. So in the interview, they're talking about this older black man who is like the great grandson or some great great grandson of her, and he said, "Oh, I didn't know that." Like he grew up in Kent. Uh-huh. And he didn't know this history. So he's just a black man walking around Kent kind of going, well, you know, according to what I'm being taught about who I am and how I'm here, I'm nobody, really. I'm just a guy. And I love that his accent is the Kent accent, like mm. straight up. He don't sound, to my ear, he sounds just like all of them sound. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, great. So now I can do that dialect and feel like I'm not lying or cheating or losing some portion of myself because I can say, no. This is a character who has history. Mm-hmm. The other one is an immigrant. And so I got to bring a different dialect into the mix by saying, hey, what if this guy is either an immigrant or the descendant of an immigrant? And that's become my backstory is that his daddy was an immigrant who was an educated person who got connected to the right people and was able to say to his son, you're going to get connected to the law. Hmm. That's what's going to happen to you. Yeah. So I am the assistant to the solicitor. 
And I'm like, oh, and in the Dickens novel, the character, we don't get to deal with this in our adaptation, but the character has this rich other life. So he's the guy who is doing that day job, but when his time is off, he has built himself, literally built himself a little castle Hmm, with a little lake and a little moat, and he does shooting, (laughs) and there are bells that ring when people come to visit. So when he's at the office... He's sitting there putting up with everything that's going on. Ah, yo, yeah. No, yeah y'all, and of course, this is the work that you are doing as the actor. You're being told, hey, you got to play these different characters, and you're formulating these storylines, which, which breaks it true to you. Well, now, that's I, the work asked, you're doing. I yeah. asked the assistants mm-hmm. and then the coaches, the people who should know that she said, thank you so much for asking that question because yeah. she said, I've just started to do my research, and here's what I have. And I'm like, yeah. This is enough for me to get started, but go ahead and bring me some more. Yeah. And I get the sense that you're doing the work, but it should be the work. I mean, if I wrote or, you know, directed something, I would think, well, listen, this is, you know, I would, I, would, it, I, I guess my point is it sounds like you're doing more of the work than the director or the producer. Well, this is the work of our era. So the other name that I want to mm-hmm. make sure we mention today is Regina King. Oh, yeah. Um, because I saw a thing and somebody said, I just looked at Regina King's filmography, Mm -hmm. you know, the the list of every project that she's been involved with. And they said, you've got to look at this list. It'll blow your mind. And I'm like, I barely know the list, and it already blows my mind. What she did in Watchmen, they took this comic book thing, and then they did an adaptation for that series, right? So that's not the comic book. It's the adaptation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they put a black woman at the center of it and, and then bookended it with the Tulsa. I'm watching this, and I'm watching what's going on. That's amazing. And then within a year that I see One Night in Miami, which she produced. Yeah. She was, yeah, she actually, I think she directed that. I think she did, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And awesome. I'm like, okay, these are the stories that we can tell. So if you're a comic book nut like me, mm-hmm. and you get to see that story, you get this huge, this wonderfully entertaining story that also tells you about the America that you live in, mm-hmm. that they've been keeping from you. This is not a black story. It is a black mm-hmm. story, but it is also your story, just the same mm-hmm. way that Cinderella is my story mm-hmm. and King Arthur is my story. Mm-hmm. Those are my stories. Dune is my story. Please, y'all, that's, you talk about <laughs> right. aliens on another planet. Yeah, right. and, and the thing about Dune is, I mean, I always look at it as an analogy of um, imperialism in mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they're on a desert. Who are the Fremen? Right. I mean, that's indigenous, you yep. know, uh, yep. black black folks. Well, uh, obviously, you know, they're a lot of white. Of course, they threw in Zendaya in there. That's great. But I've always thought that Frank Herbert, that was a, 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 a truly a black story. But what I'd say yeah. is this isn't, this is, we can tell our stories. And it isn't, oh, you got to go get some history. This is like eating your vegetables that you don't like. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We're going to give you a dish that you're going to be saying, oh, this is really good. What is this? Mm-hmm. What What is this about? Mm-hmm. Because we we get to tell our stories. Well, I think really that, you know, I mean, we, we've, this is a beautiful day to be in, in terms of us as a people and what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's time for a new narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, those days of color purple where we <laughs> low down, trotting, we right. just got, we all the way under the white man's shoe. You right. know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. It's yeah. like yes. those stories, they did exist. That's what happened, right? right? And we, we are working to heal our way through that. Yep. But there's another, there's several other narratives. Mm-hmm. And I 
personally want to see narratives that leave me feeling proud to be black. Yeah. You know, very, you know, empowered. Mm -hmm. You know, not the stuff that make me, it's a setup, really, if you ask me. These stories, especially white folks love to tell these old oh, yeah. stories yeah. about us being old. Thank like, you. It's like, excuse, I don't. I, I it, it is something that's and important. And he was an intelligent man. Yeah. yeah. It's well those I mean, you know, we just can't because as, as long as we're telling those stories, you know, energy is very very real. Mm. And as long as we're telling those stories, we're we're perpetuating that yep. that narrative yep. meaning yeah. we'll never get out of that yeah. space. Yeah. What we need to do is like I just recently saw um uh, the harder they fall and you know james samuel is a brilliant and i know this is a theater show but we mm, what okay. i think is amazing is that this is a great time to really study mm -hmm. art yep the that what we're making yeah, yeah, because yeah. samuel um james samuel was very intentional as you can see in that film mm -hmm. all of those actors are bomb ass actors who, that we mm -hmm. rarely see mm -hmm. because hollywood has no use for them mm -hmm. okay so but um, they're all in this show. And then just the premise of the movie, I'm not gonna spoil it because it's just mm -hmm. out. People go see that show however you can, see the, the see the film, very, very powerful. But I watched that show and I'm telling you, it was just like watching Django. Uh -huh. I felt like, yes, okay, right. let this, can we please tell the real stories out yeah, here? Yeah. I'm okay, cause when we talk about um, Nat, when we talk about Nat Turner and all of those, yeah. um, those legendaries, yes, who mm -hmm. did not lay down exactly. and take right. it. They Exactly. Matter of fact, the reason why you don't know about them is because what they did was so white folks was like, yeah, we was can like, never we tell can't. nobody that right, story. Exactly. And it's many of them. Those great rebellions mm -hmm. that, you know, that our ancestors rose up for us to be free. Though if many, many, many of those uh, many mm -hmm. stories. And mm -hmm. so I feel like the harder they fall, they fall. They took um, they took back. A right. medium because yep. that cowboy stuff belonged yep. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ours. That, that, we yeah. were the first we were the cowboys. cowboys. That's yes, right. We were. Okay, and so they really, you know, like they took that. They just reclaimed a lot of stuff. They reclaimed the value of themselves. Like the word, like the N word, is not even used. He specifically said there is no reason why we do this classical work and allow them to use the, uh, right. uh, the N-word a hundred times while we right. in it. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's taking us back. Yep, 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 yeah. You know, yep. he said that's not going to happen. So you, it's not even said in the film. You won't even mm -hmm. hear it. And it's considered a classical film, but it is not. You won't hear it. And matter mm -hmm. of fact, there's a scene in there where a, a, a man tried to uh -huh. tried to use it, and he got his, he got his head blown off. Ah. Okay, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it you know I feel like this time is a wonderful time for us to tell our own stories. Mm -hmm. It's the same with Lovecraft Country, uh -huh. um, which is all seems to be tied around this Tulsa, Oklahoma, this 1921 Tulsa, Oklahoma event. It's just so undeniable. I think that it lends itself to yes. Let's tell some stories that we want to tell, but. N Let's base it on something you may not know about. This is history. Right. This is real. That you may not know about, because a lot of folks didn't know about Tulsa, Oklahoma. When I found about, out about it, I, you know, I was well into my adult years, and I had never heard about that. Just like, is this the massacre? Uh, 1921. Yes, yes, this yeah, is the massacre in Greenwood. Yeah. Yes, or is yes, it yes. 20, 1921 is when it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, almost like a hundred years. I mean, like yeah. you know, it's yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it is, yeah, 100 years. In 1921, we're in 2021. Yeah, so it's a 100 year anniversary and a lot of um, writers are, you know, using that as a way to 
to say, look, mm -hmm. this has been our experience in this country. Right. And you have Rosewood, you have Greenwood, you have yeah. all of these various stories of thriving black communities mm -hmm. that were systematically destroyed. Oh, yeah. That's right. I yeah. mean, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. we cannot, like, I feel like in terms of me being an artist, like, I cannot be an artist and overlook that. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, those times. I mean, I, there are pictures. I have uh, Time Life books that my grandmother, you mm -hmm. know, that I would ah, read. Okay. And they would have pictures. The Ku Klux Klan was marching along, you know, Washington. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. Uh, you know, everywhere. New York especially City, in yes. the 20s. It, yeah. it was like their heyday. Yes, so it was their heyday. When yeah. we think about these riots and the uh, the mass lynchings yep, yep, that yep. went on, usually because you know, some guy, I mean, we think about Emmett Till. Yes. But, you know, Emmett, there were a bunch of Emmett Tills prior to the, him. Right. And there were a bunch of After. folks going, you don't want to be that. Right. Yeah. This is how crazy these people are. They yeah. will kill you. Right. L let me ask a specific question, getting back to the question that I had. Do you think that the ice is thawing, the proverbial ice of Bay Area theater, where we can see these stories? Or do you think there's more work to be done? Because I feel see. like maybe see. theater, Bay Area theater, you, we've had a lot of folks sit in this seat here mm -hmm. who's like, oh, I'm doing great work and, you know, doing this and I'm doing that. But a lot of them aren't black. Right. And I feel that maybe Bay Area theater failed you. I mean, do you feel that way? Do you feel uh, that do. there's more work to be done? I do. There is a ton more work to be done. And we haven't even cracked the ice, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We haven't cracked the ice. Um, I think there needs to be a reconstruction of California theater. Because, first of all, like you were saying before, if you are a talent actor and you have to leave California to get work, that, mm -hmm. that is not cool. Right. Yeah. Or if you are a talented actor here and they go to New York and bring someone. That's not cool. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it happens a lot. So it's like, um, I think there, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot, a lot of uh, uh, white artistic directors, uh, you know, step down from yeah. various theaters that we know of. Across the country. Across yeah. the country, especially after that living document. Yep. I saw a lot of people just falling off because they all mm. are uh, responsible. Yeah. It, it was all of them. Yeah. Okay, I don't care how nice they were. It was all of them. It, right. If you were do there during that time, this was going on during that time, that was on your watch. It was on your watch and you allowed it. Yep. And, and, and uh, you know, and that's why I, I am a very picky actor. And I, when I saw what was happening, mm -hmm. I was just like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't do right. it. So I, um, you know, with my, with my um, performance studies, um, experience I just started to think of okay what how can I create you know a theater that I would be proud of mm -hmm. I like a theater mm -hmm. experience that I would be proud of and so I, I connected with BACCE and I really mm -hmm. enjoyed doing their work and I just exclusively just started working with them because I was just like mm -hmm. first of all like I'm I'm tired of having to I'm tired of being um, having to wear white women's shoes so if there's a story that's written for a white woman why are you casting me in it mm -hmm. why what makes you think that i want to tell her story yeah mm -hmm. and then what makes you think that i don't want to tell my own story mm -hmm. and then i also i have a huge issue with um uh with with white people telling the stories like wanting to direct black right. plays oh yeah why do you want to tell that story that's my first question is like yeah. what do you think that you can bring to this story that's better than someone who's actually lived this experience right 
and has not been right. oppressed, you know. Right. So I think that's very selfish, and I think it's very white. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. it's very privileged to yeah. feel like, yeah. I, you know, it don't matter, you know, if it's my experience or not. I'm white, and I can tell it. Right. And I'm going to get the funding to do it. Yep. And I just think it's an injustice. And I think that, you know, there needs to be a, re, a, a reevaluation of theater and how it's being done here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for, and I, we'll wrap it up because, you know, it's we've gone past an hour. But we're having a lot of fun. We I mean, really are. What I'm an enjoying conversation. this. Yes. But I do have issues with companies, you know, if you're, if you're white and you want to tell the story and you're authentic about it as much as you possibly can, that's fine. But I find a lot of folks are doing it. Oh, well, there's a colored thing going on or there's a Black Lives Matter thing going on. Let me jump on the train and let me get some funding. Well, I think that's fine if you recognize what's going on and you want to respond to it, but then you go and you hire somebody mm-hmm. appropriate. You don't, mm-hmm. you, because if you are really recognizing what's going on, then you have to see where your place is in it, and your place is not in that place. You are not that person right. uh, experiencing this. You are witnessing it at best. You're witnessing it as an ally at best. Yeah. Well, if you're really going to be an ally, then you need to lift up yeah. the person who Like we had Susan Evans who hired Don Monique Williams to do right. Civil War Christmas, which yep, was yep, really yep. about, you know, black folks in Civil War times right. mm-hmm. dealing with what was going mm-hmm. on. And it was Christmas Story. Well, yeah. you know, I had the wonderful um, privilege mm-hmm. of spending two weeks in Minnesota mm. with um, uh, with uh, it was for the directors. It was called the National Institute of Directors and Ensemble Building, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so Idris and I went. Yeah. And we spent two weeks, and that whole experience just was about decolonizing ourselves in theater. Mm-hmm. And so what we what we talked about is, you know, you know, there's a lot of white folks who take it upon themselves to tell our story. Yep. And what we talked about is, you know, there's a certain thing as getting permission. Yep. It's it's different if you get permission. If you say, mm-hmm. look, I feel like I have something to offer this. Right. You know, I want to tell this story because yeah. X, Y, Z. Is it okay? Mm-hmm. See, that's not happening. Right. And I have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yeah, someone, it's okay for someone to say, here's a check and we'll pay you for it. But what about... What about checking in with the community yeah. and asking permission to tell that story? Yeah. To me, if you're not thinking in that way, then you're thinking in your privilege. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Oh, yeah. I think about Absolutely. Thomas and Sally. Exactly. Oh, this is all, it's yeah. just the same thing. It's like pe- we are commoditized. Like we are money to mm-hmm. people. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. We don't, we not, you know, unfortunately, we haven't tapped into the to ourselves and make the money for ourselves because we always looking for the savior, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. But it's like this is a real opportunity for us to r- lean on each other, you know, and to rise up from these ashes, mm-hmm. you know, especially in theater, especially we cannot continue to do the same thing and expect something different. Right. And this is what this theater, and especially in California, what I've seen is like you just you keep doing the same thing. But in expecting something different, that living document was amazing because what that did was it made it safe for non-white cis people to say, hey, this has been my experience Mm -hmm. for years and I have not felt safe enough to say it. Right. Right. I had to I join I joined that because I had a very crazy experience. I mean, we all have. Mm -hmm. But I I had to I was on the board of Gritty City. 
um, mm, theater mm -hmm. that was run by a white woman. She served all black and brown kids. Mm -hmm. They were not telling their own stories. Mm. They were doing a lot of Shakespeare and all that kind of stuff. Right, right. That's not their. That's not their lives. Mm -hmm. Why are you? Why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why are you not tapping into the community and allowing those kids to tell their own stories? And then on the top of that, there was a there was some abuse that was happening. Oh. Yeah. You know, like verbal abuse, and there just wasn't enough care. Like when you don't have allies you know like if you're a white organization and you you don't have no you don't have no community allies like mm -hmm. black folks right right and you don't have the advocates for those kids you should not be in that position excuse yeah, me yep. how dare you yeah. yeah you know and so that was a whole big old thing but see that what that living document did was expose people who yeah. were holding on to that that white privilege was what was keeping them safe that was mm -hmm. their safe place yeah, yeah. but yeah. then when all of this stuff with george floyd happened and you got angry people and we we're like no more mm -hmm. in any industry right then you know you start having people having to say okay let me look at myself what have i done yeah and then you gonna step down and yeah. you gonna open up that that um position for someone else to take who who is better fit for it i mean yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you wouldn't accept. I mean, am I gonna go and tell the Holocaust story? No. Am I gonna? <laughs> you gonna allow me to direct a, a story about the Holocaust? No. So excuse mm. me. Right. Don't think any different from us. Don't think that we're right. less. Our experience is less important, or that you can just or anybody that, that can we're just, less capable. Or that we're less ca less ca capable. Mm -hmm. You know. So these are the things that really. Um, these are things that I think about in theater and arts and mm -hmm. like what type of artist do I want to be? What type of work do I want, mm -hmm. you know, for the next generation? Mm -hmm. You know, how what type of leg up and empowerment do I want to give them? Because they're the ones who are going to change this. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're going to change yeah. this, the landscape mm -hmm. yeah. and make it where it's all inclusive. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And yeah. theater in California has not been all inclusive. Nope. Yeah. Period. Regardless of how human, regardless of how homogenous? mixed, yeah, yes. how, how mixed we are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, it's homogenous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry. I, yeah. No, no, no. You're right. No, I mean, I'm, yeah. yeah. I, I have one Easter egg for the harder they fall. And this is Regina King shared <laughs> this, and I love it. There's a scene where she's walking by a train. Oh, yes. She says, Look at the name on the train. And it says C A um, Bosman. 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 Yeah, my pronunciation. We, we, we mask our names. I might have them wrong. It might be Bo Bozeman or Boss. I, well, I, mean, I, I, I think it is it's the Bozeman. English. Yeah. Yeah, what's, uh -huh. but what's anyway, the name? Yeah. So that's their little homage to Chadwick. Chadwick. Yes, it is. Wow. It's and right it's on the just train. Just a moment. She walking by, you ain't even paying attention. Train's in the background. But she said, mm -hmm. notice the name on the train. Yeah. Like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. I wanted to uh, give you a chance to plug Cone Corner and also the um, the Goddess Commune. Yes, thank you so much. So Cone Corner uh, is a company that I created as a, you know, and it's my artistry. So I actually curate these gifts. It's a, it's a aromatherapy. It's a gift line. Mm -hmm. So I do. Yeah plant-based uh, products um, and gifts. And so the gifts, is are it, it's really a reminder uh, for people to take a little time out for themselves. So a lot of companies who are invested in the the well the well being of their their mm -hmm. clients they always they you know they purchase um, gift sets for me for their uh, clients their customers their empl um, employees. Mm -hmm. So it is just a real um, practical way 
to say take a little bit of time for yourself, especially after the 18 months that we've had. Um, I created this line specifically uh, with black women in mind because, um, you know, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, black women have been the last across the board. Yeah. The last. So everything that I do is for them. Um, I grew mm. up in a household of all black women. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm one of um, six um, sisters mm-hmm. and, and, and my wow. mom, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know how hard black women work and I know how unappreciated they are. And I know how we do not get a moment to just yes. restore ourselves. Yep, yep. And so I created this line um, as a way for us to remind each other to do that. Um, and so... Um, and so, you know, I'm also a collective member of the Goddess Commune. Oh, and just before that, I just dropped a holiday line. A Yay! holiday line. So comcorner.com. Y'all check out comcorner.com, and that's com with K's. Mm-hmm. And so I partnered with eight small businesses that are owned and operated by um, uh, black women uh-huh. um, here in the Bay Area. And so I am also... Um, Part of my mission is to expose black brands that I mm-hmm. love and trust. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and there are a ton of them out there. Yay. But I happen to be connected with some amazing women who um, are entrepreneurs and are doing amazing things. And it's all around healing. So all of these women, mm-hmm. they are creating products to heal their, that they started off to heal themselves and their families. And now they're doing it, they're moving that healing into the community. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so check out my holiday line. I'm very proud of it. And we'll have a link. And, um, mm-hmm. and then the Goddess Commune is uh, also a collective full of women um, of color, you know they, you know that's what they say. But it's a lot of black, it's a lot of black women. Matter of fact, it's all black women mm-hmm. <laughs> part of this collective, and uh, we all have various healing modalities that we offer to the community. So we just completed our cycle one, um, where we off we're offering twelve scholarships for twelve women mm. um, to take advantage of. Um, is it like therapy? It is okay. So there's, you know, there's several different um, healing modalities, but there are some um, women who do therapy. And so we're offering this um, to women um, who would probably, you know, who may not have the funds to actually partake in anything like that. Mm -hmm. And so we're in our second round right now. So we just gathered all our applications. And so, yeah, this is the type of work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are committed to healing not only ourselves, but our families and our communities. Mm -hmm. And we do that through various ways. And so I do it through, you know, I also am, I I consider myself a transformational coach. So I help women really look at their behaviors and develop new behaviors and new plans in terms of how they're going to take better care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's the goddess commune. Um, ch- mm. You know, the, the you know, uh, Rich is going to have a link, a link for all right. of these yeah. things. Yeah. But and also the Instagram, ins- you have an Instagram thing. I do. Yeah. And Instagram is at com corner with K. So, yes, please check us out because yep. we out here doing dope stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're out here. We are art disruptors. And I, and mm. I, would, I think of you know, healing arts. I think of artists mm-hmm. as being healers because we do tap into the, you know, that innate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I can't um, wait to share this. In, it's going to be uh, cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's something that Will and I talked about. Uh, we, as especially black people, we don't think about a lot of us came from the ghetto. A lot of us came from really, really harsh backgrounds, and mm -hmm. we've had to go into, let's say, a workplace where we're not appreciated. You've right. talked about doing auditions and your hair is this way and you know right. the producers don't like it so we that can take a beating and we yeah. don't think about mm -hmm. self-healing and right. just right. being good to ourselves exactly. so i think that's a wonderful wonderful program thank you i'm very mm. proud of the work that i'm doing as well as you know all of us in yeah. terms of that healing right on right on um shout outs birthdays birthdays big list um <laughs> and i'm gonna save one for you but um but mm -hmm. i have a story about him because uh, yeah. I thought I saw him this weekend. And oh, you know, before we before we get into birthday, just one quick it. shout out. Mm -hmm. Crystal Piamonti Zhang, and uh, she's a equity actress, which she's been on. She's part of the Chickahan uh, Collective. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode, uh, check out episode 97 of The A. She was on. She's in a movie. She's in uh, the movie Median. It's being streamed on beginning November the 14th. I have a link. Reel Out Charlotte Film Festival. So, oh, wow. and it, it, I love telling these stories because we've had guests on and we have no idea where they're going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. I honestly think Crystal is, is she's on our way. I really hey. do think so. I'm, as well as other folks, you know, mm -hmm. maybe several years later we'll be talking about Kayende and, you know, <laughs> how we knew her. Right. <laughs> it's always fun. Right, exactly. Go ahead. Birthdays. Christian Haynes' birthday is today. Wonderful actor. Uh, was Bay Area and is now in LA with his wife, Melissa who we have had on. Mm -hmm. um, Greg Watanabe is another Bay Area actor in L.A. Um, I knew him when we were young men. He was a beautiful young man, you know, Filipino man. And it's weird to see his picture now and go, God, we got old. But he, <laughs> now he's that dignified <laughs> older yeah. man. He's you very cool. You know who cool. he is now. Right. <laughs> oh, he does. He speaks out nationally on all kinds mm -hmm. of um, Have issues. a donut, too, if you want. Wow. Um, Linda Jones, a Bay Area actor, former Bay Area actor who is in New York now. Mm -hmm. uh, James Brooks, a name that, that just name. came up. Oh, James Brooks has been in Bay Area theater since I can remember. Um, older black man and uh, just just a joy. I've gotten to work with him a couple of times. Safi Wright um, is somebody I got to work with in the African American Shakespeare Company. Oh, yeah, I know Safi. Uh, yay. Mm -hmm. um, Lynn Schaefer um, is a... He has been a musical theater guy. I'm not sure what he's doing now. Um, Brian Stevens, somebody I, I, as I started to try and get my career going, I started having to go farther and farther to get work. So suddenly I'm down in Palo Alto and I end up doing a show at Theater Works. And I met Brian there. We did, um, you can't take it with you. Okay. Wonderful holiday show. Um, Madeline Butler, I just worked with, playwright with Playground. Um, among other things, and I just got to direct her play last month. Wow. Uh, Avery Mitchell was one of my students, one of my first students when I started teaching up in Richmond at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. He has now graduated college, has come back with some sort of social activist um, degree, and is working in the community in Richmond to try and bridge that, you know, that um, arts community yeah. activism. Right on. Yeah, yes. wonderful. Michael Patterson, somebody I met in college, and um, black actor. He keeps, he's one of those actors who ends up chasing around the country trying to find work. And you know, the thing is, you can always get cast somewhere, but then what's next? Mm -hmm. And so those, those nomads, he has been one of those who just keeps traveling. Um, Valerie Week, 
There we go. Who we've had on the show. Mm -hmm. A wonderful art activist for theater as well as Does she still uh, do actor. the women, the list, the women's list? She No, she folded it. Um, oh, she said she felt like they had done what she wanted, which was to bring consciousness to the fact that the numbers on shows that people were picking, women directing, women being in cast, okay. you know, these, Mission rather than making a statement about it, just said, every month, I'm going to just give you the numbers. Here they right. are. Right. And she did that for a few years. That was very cool. Gina Padilla-Moriera um, is somebody I hope I will get to see soon. She was a stage manager in a show I did way back in the day, and then I bumped into her husband, Ron. Turned out they met, got married, and they live in the South Bay. And, and so we actually reconnected when I was doing another show about a decade ago at a San Jose stage, and now I'm back there. Uh, Robert Parsons, one of the stalwarts of Bay Area Theater, wonderful actor, teacher, uh, Zelma Livingston, somebody I went to college with at CalArts, um, actor. Right on. Dodds Delzell. We don't get to talk enough, and I would love to get Dodds on. We need to acknowledge the different regions of the Bay Area. The North Bay has this amazing community of talented people. And if you go up and see the shows, you know it. But, mm -hmm. you know, who wants to commute? I don't. Um, but every now and then they come down, and I've seen Dodds down here in a few projects. Oh, wow. Always thrilled to see him. He's an amazing actor. We got to do um, Lobby Hero together. Uh, Ron C. Santiana is not actually a theater person. He's a film director. I got to do a project with him a few years ago. Julia Brothers. I'm always a little bit jealous and angry about the people who come to the Bay Area and suddenly blow up, and Julia was one. She was in L.A., Came up here and suddenly became one of the hottest things in town. And now she's bouncing back and forth between here and New York. But she deserves it. I saw her in a show where she is a very tall, older, middle-aged, older, black, um, black, white woman, blonde. I saw her in a show where one of her characters was a 17-year-old boy working at like a 7-Eleven. <laughs> and it worked. I was sitting there going, how do you make that happen? She's just amazing. I've also seen her as Satan which she played very well. Okay. Carl Smith hopefully will be my boss next year when I direct Compared to What at the Masters Theater up in Richmond, uh, Point Richmond. I didn't know that Point Richmond is not a town. They, they pretend like they're a town. They're actually part of Richmond. They just call themselves Point Richmond. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I, I knew. Yeah, I wish I'd known that. Uh, the name I'm skipping. Willem Long is um, an actor that I've gotten to work with. I saw him in an Anton's Well show, and then this summer... He was doing a Eugene O'Neill, um, they would, uh, bid, did Beyond the Horizon, and the director very graciously asked the actors if they would come to my workshop up there and demonstrate a couple of scenes, which they did. Wow. And I'm praying that I will get to work with him next year on a project that we will not yet name, but Reg will be a part of it. <laughs> huh? uh, oh, my yes. first adult son, mm -hmm. Nathaniel Andalus, is um, a wonderful actor, but you know, I think... Not having kids, I don't realize that parents go through the thing. I used to remember having nightmares. Like, what if my kid, all my brothers are like big. They all did football in high school. And I'm like, what if I had a son and he was a football player? That, I would hate that. And suddenly I had this big actor being my son. And I went, you're my son. Why wouldn't I love you? I, and it was weird because it gave me a whole new way to bring that into the relationship. Um... Oh, and the one I will... S actually, you won't have this one. No, that is my last one. 
That is okay. Yep. I only have Happy three. Birthday, I only have three. Uh, Rachel Pospisil. P-O-S-P-I-S-I-L. Uh, in any case, she was a director. I worked with her about two years ago. I think it was two years ago. Um, she directed Heathers, um, which was uh, at, I forget what the theater is. Um, I want to say Golden's, Golden Gate Theater. Um, it's, it's, at, it's, shucks, it's, on the, it's by the pier in San Francisco, um, the near where shucks. Maybe, I think it is Gateway Theater. Oh, okay. No, it, you would know the Gateway Theater, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Eureka. The, oh, well, no, no, it's not the Eureka. It's, okay. It's, it's near the, uh, it's, where, it's where Bats. It's near oh, close where Bats okay. is. Okay. But in any case, uh, she directed Heathers. I worked with a bunch of high school kids, and mm. uh, it's my first time seeing, uh, you know, I knew the movie Heathers, but it's my first time seeing it mm-hmm. on stage. Wonderful musical, and she's a great, really dynamic uh, actress, um, director, and choreographer, mm-hmm. just really, really fierce. And she's doing work in New York and Chicago and here. So happy birthday, Rachel. Her birthday's today. Uh-huh. Uh, the second one, I think you saved this for me. Uh, oh, Jen Furlong, uh, formerly Jennifer Albright. I always bring up, oh, I, I graduated okay. from Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and mm-hmm. she graduated with me, class oh, wow. of 87. Hey, hey. Wonderful actress. Uh, I think she's doing farming now. So, you know, she's... It's a different Unfortun- kind of theater. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's out of the theater world, but uh, mm-hmm. she was fantastic when she was doing it. Pete Fitzsimmons, I think you saved that for me. <laughs> I did. I thought he was – so you see people in masks, you don't recognize them. So I see this guy. He's like Pete's size. His hair looks like Pete's hair. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Norman. And he's got a mask on, so I can't really hear his voice. Yeah. And he's like, hey, hey. Um how you doing? I'm like, how are you doing? How are you? How did you get involved oh, you, with you, this? Uh-huh. He's the lighting designer. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank God I never said his name uh-huh. because it, he took off his mask. He's a lighting designer. I didn't know that. No, he's not. This okay. is a white dude. Okay, but he's got Pete's eyes and Pete's oh, light skin. Okay. So no, Pete, not okay. Pete. <laughs> so I'm so glad I didn't out myself because yeah. I was. Yeah. He took off his mask. And I'm like, oh wait, you're a white man. Now here's a funny story about Pete. I'll say it real quick. And Pete is actually, if you look at the picture right there, the middle one, uh, Pete is the third. Um, oh. I'm looking at the poster of Foreman right. in Paris, and he was our Ollie Harrington. Yes, wonderfully. A piece, a piece that I wrote about um, Richard Wright, wow. James Baldwin, in the last wow. days of Har- of of. In, in being their in Paris. Time in Paris yeah. So in any case, we did our preview. I think it, it, was, it was either read through or preview. And one of the comments we got from one of the I don't know um, audience members is, well, you know, um, that Ollie person should have been a black person, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, um, Pete is black. black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, black come in all different shades. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Pete's but birthday is coming up. Is uh, November the 13th, and. Another Ellingtonite, Evie Donnelly, um, a flute player. Um, oh. uh, her birthday will be November the 14th. I always wanted to celebrate our Ellingtonites, Go to Ellington School of the Arts, Yay. which got a grant from uh, Dave Chappelle. So oh, yeah. thank you, Dave Chappelle. Before he got in trouble. Uh, yeah, well, he, you know, he hasn't canceled. You know, he did a, uh, a, a, show, a, a film. show. He did a film that uh, was showed around the country. Yeah. I was, it was if a gal- I wasn't in the middle of this, I would have gone and seen it. <laughs> yeah. It was a gala. He had some sort of a, a, I don't know if it was a birthday or a celebration or whatever. And he said, well, I'm so, gl- you know, it must be for great feel canceled. You know, right. obviously he wasn't right. really canceled. Yeah. But in any case, you know the whole Dave Chappelle uh, controversy? I, I, you know what? I've been hearing bits and pieces. Oh. <laughs> I've been hearing be- bits and pieces, but no, I really don't know. Yeah. We won't get yeah. too it's deep into it, but basically it's. Thing, 
he, 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 he kind of um, excited a bunch of people. I'll put yeah. It okay. In the trans community. Oh, oh uh, more than that, but yeah. Yeah. Yo. Okay, well, I will Google. <laughs> I will Google. Let me see what's it's going on. Seeing. Well, check out our last like episode. It. We talked all oh, about it. Oh, you did? It. Okay, yeah. well, that's what I'll do. <laughs> In any case, uh, Kayende, uh, did you enjoy yourself? I really love this. Thank you for inviting me. I know we've been yeah. trying to get together forever. Uh, I know, I know. And we finally. really have. <laughs> and finally, so I no, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I, I appreciate you having this platform. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for just you talking so much. And you had mentioned that you're six-year-old i guess you know this is a perfect time yes because i have my yeah i'm I, i'm school homeschooling my daughter so i always have her so it's hard for me to do things in the evening and mm -hmm. she just so happened to be with her dad yeah and so Reg was just like are you available and i was just like well what do you know i am wow <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> and of course i was like yes <laughs> I always, always have like a little short list of like who I want to bring on, and you oh, know, I know sometimes I can't get them, but you know right. sometimes I do. So we keep, uh -huh. we keep you keep waiting. trying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. So Kenya, we, we so truly much. appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for those who are listening, we are on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. We're on that Purple Podcast app. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, uh, if you're an Android user, we're on uh, we're on SoundCloud.com, or just use the SoundCloud app. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. We're at the Yay 3. That's our official Twitter, Twitter handle. Handle. Mm -hmm. I'm at Reg Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. And Kayende, I think people can find you on Instagram, Kayende.thebrand. Yes, Kayende.thebrand. Oh, and nice. also there is Calm Corner. That's another Instagram feed that yes. you have going At on. At Calm Corner with K's. That's right, with K's. And also, uh, you might have heard a ding as we were talking. That was a good friend of mine, Jeff Wu, who bought a Yay jersey. Yay! Wow! <laughs> so I've got Yay jerseys still around. I've got merch, and I've got the merch right there okay. on my table. We've got white Yay jerseys. We've got black Yay jerseys. So hit us up. It's $30. Just uh, let me know. Venmo me uh, the money. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, um, and support Bay Area Theater. Yes. So thank you so much. It's a wonderful um, Monday evening. Uh, Norman, I, you'll be going back into. Tomorrow, <laughs> back in rehearsals. Back in rehearsals. <laughs> and uh, Keegan, if you have anything else going on, just so, you know, email us, hit us up, let us know what's happening. Oh, I sure will. <laughs> thank you so much. All righty. And as Norman and I always say, we, we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. Sign and we are out. <laughs>